Please join me in the prayer of reading by responding to the words in full whole. God is light in whom there is no darkness at all. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and betrayal and arrest of Jesus. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus sent the, said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, so if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath, and I am not, am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? 
John, who loved Jesus so much, must have been so shocked, so amazed at what he was seeing. At his last supper, Jesus had warned his followers that he would be betrayed, but so soon? And in the beautiful and peaceful olive garden that they loved to visit, but like the olives pressed there into oil, Jesus knew that the time was right for the story of who he was and how he was to change. Why did Jesus, Judas, bring Roman soldiers and guards from the temple in Jerusalem? What did they expect to happen there? Jesus was peaceful. But fear does things to people's hearts. Fear shuts off us from the power of God. When Jesus told the guards that he was the one that they were seeking, they were startled and fell back. Did they expect someone other than this loving, gentle person? Didn't Judas see who Jesus was? Someone more than a person to bring political power back to their people. The power of Jesus was so clear, and yet no one really saw who he was. Why do we, especially people who first thirst for their own power, miss who Jesus really is so very often? Let us say together, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Jesus before the high priest. So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jewish Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, Caiaphas, and the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. It would be better to have one person die to the temple? The priests of the temple came up with this wicked excuse to justify killing Jesus. It wasn't about saving the temple. It was about the power that they had through the temple. They would rather sacrifice Jesus 
They confront how their corrupt hearts had sold out the temple to the Romans and to their corrupt puppet rulers in Israel. They'd sacrifice Jesus like they would an animal on their altar, like Abraham was ready to do with his son Isaac. John knew that God spared Isaac. But God in Jesus would go farther all the way for the sake of love. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Peter denies Jesus. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the woman who guarded the gate and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Poor Peter. He's so loyal, so passionate about Jesus, and yet, my God, so able to fail Jesus. John helped Peter to get into the gate of the priest's courtyard, and then he watched Peter deny that he even knew Jesus. First, the soldiers and guards, the people who didn't know Jesus, hadn't recognized him. Now, even Peter the one who knew Jesus so well for so long pretended not to recognize him. Yet, he could change his mind. He could find the courage to stand up for Jesus with his life at stake. Would Peter dare to do that? Would we dare to do that? When the chips are down, when everything and everyone pushes us to deny Jesus, what do we do? What will we do?
mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I had spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I had spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. The priests of the temple they question Jesus like they would a criminal. From their point of view, Jesus was a criminal. <coughs> Jesus had broken useless religious laws again and again to uphold the law of love that comes from God. Criminals hide their sins. Jesus had nothing to hide because he had not sinned. All he did was provide God's healing and hope to everyday people in love, in plain sight of everyone. Like Judas, like the soldiers, like the guards, and even Peter, the priests, did not see who Jesus was or denied what they feared he might be. He might really be who he said he was. We question Jesus, too, when Things don't go our way. We get frightened by the, the power of God's love in Jesus. How simple and how hard it can be to love the truth and to live the truth like Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
Jesus one time, and then another, and then another, and then, as Jesus had foretold to Peter at their last meal together, the last supper, a cock crowed. Light was coming. Peter could no longer hide in the darkness. And in that early light, Jesus, without even being there, let Peter know how his denial was so wrong and so true. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. This was to fulfill 
what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but he will have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you not? Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was abandoned. Jesus was taken from Caiaphas, the high priest, who was the leader of the Sanhedrin, the, the ruling council of the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, to Pontius Pilate the Roman bureaucrat in charge of their empire there and around Jerusalem. The leaders from the Sanhedrin tell Pilate that Jesus is a criminal, yet a criminal who they are afraid to kill under their religious law. They want Pilate to do their dirty work for them. And this didn't disturb Pilate very much. He didn't care much about religion. Philosophy? What is truth, he says? Pilate didn't care what truth is. Pilate didn't even care who Jesus is. As long as things were quiet, he could retire someday with a bit of money and a bit of land, he was happy. A kingdom not of this world? That wouldn't rock Pilate's boat. But the angry mob might. So he offered the mob a choice. Free Barabbas, a criminal who had rebelled against Rome, or free Jesus. Which one did he think would make a bigger fuss? Barabbas, he thought. And so, he was easily dealt with once he was freed. It would be easy to find him. People caught up in their own will always are. But this Jesus... Who knew what he was capable of? As someone who actually cared about the truth, who claimed to be God's truth, God's will itself. That was dangerous. That's to give the mob what they want, what they always want power and passion. And then cut them off at the knees. It wouldn't take long. Sure. Lord have mercy. 
Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. of Jesus in hand of blood, and the soldiers wore the crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, here is a man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, the Bethlehem. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. Jesus was tortured horribly. The crown of thorns and the purple robe that his guards put on him humiliated and mocked the power of God in Jesus. John doesn't say anything about how Jesus felt about it. Maybe John doesn't say anything because of what happened next.
Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. crucifixion of Jesus. So they took Jesus and carrying the cross by himself he went out to what is called the place of the skull which in Hebrew is called from God. There they crucified him and with him two others one on either side with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic, now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not carry it, but cast lots for it, to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture said. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple, whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, 
The disciple took her into his home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was not finished, he said, in order to fill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of ice and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. We don't see the pain and the suffering of Jesus in John's story. We know that it's there. John knew that Jesus suffered horribly. He was there. John also knew, though, that the love of God and Jesus was greater than any and all human suffering. Any and all human sins that cause people to suffer. The cross is real. As real as the railroad spikes from our cross tonight, twisted, tortured metal, like the spikes that pierced straight through the hands and feet of Jesus on the cross. Jesus on the cross is just as real. But the reason Jesus was on the cross was not just real, but the source of all reality, all truth, all love that we have from God as followers of Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
Jesus' side is pierced. Since it was a day of preparation, the Jews do not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified man broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And at once blood was running. Blood and water came out. That was testified, thought that you also may believe his testimony is true and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, Another scripture, another passage of scripture says, they will look on one whom they have pierced. John saw how the suffering of Jesus fulfill God's promises to us for God's salvation. The most wicked people were used to fulfill God's promises of salvation. The most wicked and humiliating deeds were used by God to fulfill God's promises. Pilate thought that putting a sign up on the cross of Jesus, killing him as the king of Jews in every language that people could understand, would send a message to the world. He was right in a way that he could not see. The sign sent a message all right, the message that Jesus was the king for all heaven and earth, born a Jew. The soldiers gambling for the clothes of Jesus while he was still alive was humiliating and evil, but God used it to fulfill God's promises that a suffering servant of God would save God's world. Nothing is beyond the saving power of God in Jesus Christ. Even our best efforts to stop God's salvation. Where we claim defeat, God claims victory. Even and especially in our own lives.
have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. bearing of Jesus. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission. So he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with pieces of linen cloth, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in a place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. It is finished. Jesus gave final instructions to John to take care of Mary, the mother of Jesus, the bread of life. He took a cup of wine, his last wine, the final cup of the Passover meal, the cup that he did not drink at the Last Supper with his followers. The land of the Passover, Jesus, is finished, revealing the God, love of God from heaven. There is nothing left. Thank you, Jesus. Even the dead body of Jesus fulfilled God's promises. There's nothing that God can't use for God's redeeming work in Jesus. Perhaps you've been with someone when they've just died. It's, it's a sad and awkward time. As a living person becomes an, an object, a thing, something to be dealt with lovingly, we hope it's still an object. And yet water and blood from the body of Jesus and the one who saves us with his water and his blood. Even from the first moment of his death, Jesus is pouring out the life of salvation on us. Thank you, Jesus. The horrible time of the cross is over. The people who love Jesus are moved. 
They'll never forget this man. They'll never forget his life. They'll never forget how he died and why he died. A kind friend comes forward. When Nicodemus first met Jesus, it was night. Jesus told him the secrets of eternal life that night. Now, with night approaching and the cross behind him, who's that man, Jesus? Dead. Looking as dead to Nicodemus as a seed looks, just a husk with a bit of flesh in it. Nicodemus anoints the body generously, taking care of this beautiful seed called Jesus. And he covers Jesus lovingly with soothing aloe and healing myrrh as much as he can manage. Nicodemus tucks the seed called Jesus into the earth, buried safely in a nearby tomb, like a gardener planting a new kind of seed, but he has no idea what will become of it. But he knows one thing. Whatever might come from it, it came through the cross. Through. Through. It is our journey. Is our hope. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Oh,